Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Kerr is uh, brought to us by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. And all of our guests join us on the Bud Light guest line. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good to have you here on a Friday. You guys were busy this week, and obviously the road trip didn't end like you wanted it to. A couple of tough breaks in overtime, and then the always headache of a back-to-back in Denver. It just it, it caught up with you guys both nights. Yeah, well, you know, you can you can look at the schedule and know that that Denver game is going to be tough, but it's our fault for making it tougher than it should have been because we we got to win that Minnesota game, and if we do that, we, we're heading to Denver with a, a two and zero mark on the trip, then we're in great shape, and then you you know you kind of have a freak swing, and and you never know what happens. So the Minnesota game is the one that um, that really is going to haunt us for a while, and we got to. I know we got to move past it, but uh, that was that was really kind of an unforgivable loss. Yeah, that was that was definitely a tough one. Um, you know, there have been a couple times this season where you have said in your pre or post game press conference that it feels like we're about to turn a corner and rattle off a ten game stretch that we're going to be really proud of, and then that doesn't happen. Does it feel like these last two games had sort of reset your GPS to how quickly you are to? turning a corner after all no i mean i i still i still feel good about uh our prospects and and our team and and uh and our ability to go on a run um it's just frustrating when we continue to give up really golden opportunities to, to you know sort of kickstart that that run that we're talking about and uh so somehow we've got to we've got to just keep keep pushing forward and keep uh you know, just getting better and trying to figure out, you know, how we can close out games, especially because we've feels like we've kind of given away, you know, five or six games this year and and not closed out another five or six on top of that that we could have won. So it's it's really been a, a frustrating season in that regard. I think we should be better than than what we are. Uh, when you say that, you. Every other year, you either had very good players who could do all the things you were asking for, or you had injuries that essentially took away every player you had. Has this been a lot harder on you than you thought it would be because you can't get the one thing that you'd become accustomed to the rest the, the other years that you've coached? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, 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 I think every year is unique and... and uh, you know, I'm very aware of how fortunate we were, say five, six years ago, to have you know one of the great rosters in the history of the league, and I'm very aware that that our margin for error is much slimmer now. Um, and yet, you know, we were able to win the championship last year, um, and and so I, I still believe in the group, and I still believe that we can get there, but. You know, it's it's not it's not hard on me. I I, I enjoy what I do, and and it, I look at it as a challenge. And I can't wait to get to practice every day. And I love game nights. And so, yeah, I'm I, I'm still excited every day. And it's more about just trying to trying to help the guys get over the hump for their sake and for our fans' sake. And and uh, but in the meantime, you know, I love what I do. Steve Kerr here on ninety five seven The Game. So, how do you coach someone whose career? 
has been built on speed and athleticism to slow down. You know, in the ultimate John Wooden saying, you know, the be quick but don't hurry. How do you mm-hmm. how, how do you coach that in to someone who has officially played enough NBA games now in Jordan Poole to to understand what that means and and still ask him to do it? And it's amazing how this even still applies to to Clay Thompson at times and Steph mm-hmm. Curry at times. I mean, late game execution right now is a criticism that falls right on the veteran side of your locker room. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, coaching is about uh, teaching and, and practicing and, and, and really reiterating messages and then doing it over and over and over again. It's, it's you know, a, a good team builds good habits. And, uh, you know, I, I think our team has always been uh, a little wild, but, um, you know, the, the wildness was offset by not only great talent, but, but I think also a lot of uh, veteran you know, players who have helped, you know, tame, uh, you know, and, and corral some of that, that talent, you know. Um, and, and I think um, what, what's interesting with this group and this team is that, you know, we've, we've still got a lot of talent. We've got a lot of, you know, veterans. Um, but, you know, they're, they're almost having to do the job themselves. You know, I'm, I'm talking about Steph and Clay and Draymond. And that, that game in Minnesota was a good example, you know, uh, you know, they they needed to recognize um, mid fourth that w- where the game was, what the game required, and um, they're at the positions in their careers where you know it's uh, they they've got to recognize it, and and they know this. You know, I've talked to them about it. Um, they've got to they've got to do a job that maybe they didn't have to do five or six years ago, but that's the evolution of our team, and that's the evolution of uh, of of our players. Given that the trade deadline is next week, do you find that you have to spend more time talking to players to sort of, you know, ease their concerns about whether they might get moved or not? Or has that never really been a problem that you've had, that your team's been stable enough that you haven't had to worry about that? Yeah, I generally will have a few conversations um, every year around the trade deadline with, with guys who, whose names are, are, are being mentioned. Um, you know, I, I just try to uh, be as transparent as possible with, with guys. And then if they have any questions or thoughts, you know, I'd, I'd like to be there to, you know, to listen to them. And that's part of the job. And, um, and I think, you know, one, one of the things I try to do every year, even at the beginning of the year is, just remind all of our players that you know the deal in the NBA is uh, you, you get this this amazing job, dream job, and you get paid a lot of money, and it's exciting. And then also the flip side that what comes with that is you know all the things that are tough: getting traded, getting cut, you know, getting injured, getting booed, and this is all part of it. And so what, you know, for young players, it's really. Uh, the first time they had to, to face this for vets, you know, they have a better understanding that that's, you know, that's how it goes. Um, but within all that, you're trying to maintain a really, you know, positive culture and and um, you know, an environment the players want to be in, and and so it, it can be tricky when things are are not going well. Steve Kerr here on Damon and Ratto. So you have talked to us years about the excellent working relationship that you and Bob Myers have together. There is total transparency. The two of you work hand in glove. Uh, how does this week work for the two of you? Uh, will there be, you know, maybe an unscheduled breakfast meeting Monday, Tuesday as you get closer to the deadline? Are you guys going to spend more time around each other this week with a deadline looming? Can you tell us about the the process that you guys will go through this week? Yeah, I mean, every year is a little different based on the schedule, but uh, you know, given that we are are home this week, you know, Bob and I will definitely sit down, uh, you know, probably early early in the week just to go over um, whatever's happening, whatever's out there, if there is something out there or not, and uh, and he'll fill me in on that, and and then you know, we just I, I go back and 
do my job and he does his and that's about it so i mean generally we we haven't had we had the one big one for for wigs a couple of years ago um at the trade deadline other than that we've had very quiet uh trade deadline periods and and so i don't really expect anything to happen i don't anticipate anything happening but you always have to be prepared for it because you don't think that anything's going to happen or you have a pretty good sense that not much is going to happen do you not listen to the noise about other teams like the the Kyrie Irving news today and I'm not asking you to comment on it but does any of that interest you except as an academic exercise do you try to sort of shut that out till the deadline's over um, I, I look at it as just any fan would look at it. You know, it's it's more just out of interest. It doesn't affect our business at all with with the Warriors. Um, you know, so you, you know, I'm I'm like everybody else. I wake up and you know read read the NBA news and uh, follow it. And and but it's it it doesn't really factor into you know to my job. Steve, is it a is it a question of of can't or won't in terms of improving some of the sloppy play or the focus on defense if this is indeed the team that you have? I mean, is it safe to conclude that you think without a move you have the right team to defend an NBA championship with and that when the playoffs start, the light will indeed come on and and we will once and for all bury the notion of a regular season being important at all in this league? <laughs> No, I, I I still believe that we can do this, and and um, I, I tell the players that almost every day, and uh, and it's it's authentic. Um, it, it, we do have things to, we've got to improve on, and you know we're down to thirty games left in the season, so we need to take those steps now. Um, but I still feel like we can do them, and uh, I'm, I I think our team is not afraid of anybody. Um, I think given our experience and our, you know, our, our history in the playoffs, um, our guys have a ton of confidence. Um, but we, we, yeah, we got to do a better job, especially closing games. But um, I, I think just overall and in general, the coaching staff too, you know, we've got we've to settle on some rotations and, and uh, you know, figure out exactly how we're going to, put this puzzle together the best way that we can because it's it's still not clear. And, you know, while that is disconcerting, I, I still believe that it can be done. One of the obviously literal biggest pieces you guys have to consider is, is James Wiseman. 17 minutes for James Wiseman last night in his first game in more than a month. What'd you think? He was great. Yeah, James did a really nice job and um, it wasn't surprising because he puts the work in and, you know, he's still... Even though he hasn't been playing uh, in games the last week or so, he's been working hard every day in practice. Our guys scrimmage. Um, you know, we, we've seen the improvement, and we know it's coming. So it's uh, unfortunately, you know, for him and for us, it's, we're just, you know, in a in a in a time where every everything is put under a microscope and. Uh, so he's, you know, he's just a guy because of where he was drafted and his size and abilities. You know, you know people are going to constantly talk about um, everything with him, and that's that's part of the package for him. But uh, in the meantime, he's putting in the work and he's getting better. Um, it is the nature of the way the Western Conference is, where you're essentially a game and a half out of fourth and a game and a half out of thirteenth, even this late in the year. Does that change the way you look at, boy, we'd better have our stuff taken care of by game X, that it's going to be so chaotic that you can't really even set a date like that? Yeah, I mean, I I just, I I don't think any of us really think that way in terms of, you know, some linear objective, like we've got to, we've got to be in this spot by that date or whatever. We just try to get better, you know, every, every, every night, every day, try to move forward and, and, and win the next game. And, um, that's, that's what made that Minnesota game. So, uh, disappointing is that we, you know, we, we felt like we had made strides. We've been in a pretty decent place and, 
you know, we, we had that game in our grasp and it would have been a big win and we don't get it. So, um, you know, it, it, we just, we just got to keep going. In a year where consistency is hard to find for you guys, the one thing that has been consistent is you're you're much better at home. You got four of your next five at Chase Center, so hopefully this is another one of those. Here comes the corner that they turn around moments for you guys as it's all coming up. By the way, you'll have the uh, Lakers at home the Saturday before the Super Bowl, and unless LeBron James scores sixty three points between now and then, which absolutely is probably almost certain to happen. Uh, the biggest moving circus in sports might come to Chase Center as he tries to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the number one all-time scorers list. How much would you prefer to avoid that? <laughs> I haven't really given it much thought. How, how many games do they have before ours? So they've got New Orleans, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Milwaukee Bucks. He needs 63. He probably gets that in three. Yeah, probably taken care of by that time. So... Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, uh, you know, it, 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 neither here nor there. I mean, on the one hand, uh, you, you know, you, you you always love being, you know, part of, of something special. And that, that this is an accomplishment that is incredibly special and unique. On the other hand, um, you know, let's let's just go win the game. So who cares? <laughs> right? Can, can you imagine? I mean, it's it's this is one of those records that you know we used to talk about how that's that's one that you can put into the might never be broken category, and and here it indeed is. You know, I was thinking about this today, Steve. You 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 played with Jordan. You played with Duncan. You played against Kobe and Magic and Larry Bird. You coached Steph Curry. You have coached and have coached against. LeBron James, I mean, that's easily seven of the 15 greatest basketball careers and <laughs> players ever that you have been around in a significant way throughout your career. If, if you were asked to put on a, a symposium, a seminar about being around greatness, how to coach a great player... Like, what's some advice you would pass along to the next generation of coaches dealing with the next generation's great player? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question because coaching is a lot different now than it was when I played. I think just based on the, the, the way we live our lives today with social media, with uh, you know, fan reactions, with uh, the, the size of a story that maybe wouldn't have been a story 25 years ago. You know, maybe you, uh, back in the day, if your starters aren't playing well and the bench, bench is going well and you leave the bench out there and you don't put the starters back in, it really wasn't that big of a deal. You know, today, you know, it leads off the every sports morning show, you know, the next day. And it's controversy, you know. So-and-so didn't put the stars back in. Is there a rift? You know, all this stuff. So... It's, it's dramatically different. And so you're managing not just people, but expectations and uh, sort of societal norms. It's, it's really tricky. And uh, you're still trying to boil it down to just coaching a basketball team and, and getting a, a group of guys to execute together. But uh, I think it's a lot more complex now than it's ever been. It probably isn't something that you have to do often because they're great players. And you'd think that great players pretty much take care of themselves. Or is that like wishful thinking? And is there actually more support and encouragement than we would ever imagine need to be plied to a great player? And how often do you actually have to reel someone in who ticks that box of, box of, of great player? Like where you have to manage them being less of uh, you know an ego which i know steph Steph is an amazing situation by the way happy uh, mj day uh, 22323 i don't for those who observe steve i don't know how you're celebrating but you know how much how much different was it to be around his level of greatness as opposed to steph's well i mean the, the the similarities are the work ethic and just the daily commitment to uh, to to winning the obsession with winning, you know, just willing to do anything to to give yourself a better shot. Um, but every individual is different. Um, I think one of the reasons uh, that it, it, the quality of the human being factors in 
so much to winning. I mean, you look at, at uh, historically, whether it's, you know, Tim Duncan or Michael or, you know, in the modern day, you know, you look at, at Steph, you look at LeBron, you know, you look at uh, Giannis. Um, in all of these cases, and I certainly watched it with Phil and Michael in Chicago, and so there's a collaboration that goes on with the coach, and there's a, an, a, an awareness from the coach that that player, even though he's a star, he still needs coaching. You know, he still needs because he's a human being, and we're we're, we're all vulnerable. We all, uh, you know, kind of need help to get to get where we want to go. I mean, nobody nobody does it by themselves, and in every case. Uh, even in individual sports, it's still a team effort. You know, tennis players, golfers, they got their teams behind them. And so I think even the best players on earth understand that and that the quality of their character means that they're willing to embrace that collaboration and that changes everything. And and that's why I'm so blessed to coach the guys I do, you know, here in Gold State and why we've been so lucky, you know, this past decade to, to watch this team because of the the quality of the human beings involved. As a general rule, and I know every player and every coach are different, how many years does it take to develop that kind of a relationship where you could say, well, by year four, we should pretty much know each other about as well as we're ever going to? Or is that an unreasonable uh, thing to do, trying to put a date on that too? Yeah, I, you seem to love these math equations, Ray. Um, you're more you're more science than art, aren't you? I'm neither. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think it's just it just depends. I mean, Steph Curry, it, it felt like it took about two months to to build a relationship with him, but he's an incredibly welcoming, open, vulnerable human being, and and. Uh, and, you know, most people aren't like that um, in, in the NBA or just in life. And uh, so it just it always depends on, on the individual. And, you're, you know, a part of your job as a coach is to try to connect with everybody uh, at a certain level. And that's one of the things that makes it fun. Everybody's so different, and you, you try to connect with each guy however that needs to happen. Was there a definitive moment where you felt that you earned the trust of Michael Jordan as a teammate? Yeah, not until I hit uh, the shot in the finals to, to to win game six in 97, and he actually said it uh, after the game, you know, and I I remember, you know, he said something like, well, you know, Steve earned my trust tonight, and I, and I thought to myself, man, I thought I had done that a couple of years ago, but apparently not, <laughs> you know, but the standard was pretty high. The bar was pretty high with that guy. Well, you've uh, set a pretty darn good standard for yourself, man. And uh, this is, a, like you said, a 30-game sprint to the finish. And I just want to make sure that I've heard you correctly. We don't want to misquote you. you. You believe the Golden State Warriors can repeat as NBA champions, as built tonight. Yeah, 100%. That, that, that is uh, absolutely something I believe and then that's that's what we're working on that's the plan cut print that's the interview steve thank you, you very very much we'll talk to you next week sounds good all right see you guys there he is still win the title as is as built as constructed that will be if indeed that prophecy comes true an incredible development a truly incredible development, which would even dwarf how special and out of nowhere last year's championship came from. Except it didn't really come out of nowhere. Remember, they started 18-2, and two, so they had established that they were a championship contender pretty early on. And when they hit that flat spot... Um, Curry hurt, Draymond hurt. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason why. And you could say, once they get back, they can do this. This is different because they didn't get off to a good start. They haven't lost guys for long periods of time. That the real problem is not health, but consistency in a team where you came to expect that on a nightly on a near nightly basis. And that's why 
I think people are confused by this team, and I think to a certain extent why he's confused by this team. Because by now, if nothing else, you should know what you're getting from them night in and night out. The game, the Minnesota game clearly is going to nag at him because it's a game where he thought they had it handled. And then all of a sudden, poof, they it's didn't. gone. It's interesting to hear him say, yeah, we still got this. And someone says, what on earth would you expect him to say? That's an excellent point. That is an excellent point. But I would also point to the fact that when it comes to reality checks, most of the interviews that Steve and Bob give throughout their entire careers are grounded in reality, not some false oasis of success they're trying to sell. You know, I mean, I, I'll give both of them that much. And I think that they've they've deserved that. I mean, he wasn't talking about how good they were going to be in years where they weren't going to be good. So I think Steve has been around enough teams that have found excellence to not go talking loose and reckless about the excellence that could be available if he didn't think it was available if he truly didn't think it was available i think we would hear them almost hedging the bet on well maybe there is a deadline deal here that unearths what we may be that's not that's not something you would hear before the deadline has passed though because if they're actually doing business the last thing they want to do is tip anybody's hand outside because of what we asked him before about how young players handled the trade deadline. I mean, if you're fueling you know, a young player's insecurities about whether he's going to be on the team in a week and a half, you're making your job harder, not easier. So I think his only answer could be, oh, we absolutely can do this as constructed. It doesn't prevent them from making a change if they can make one, but you know, Kerr has to put that face out no matter what. And even to the limited amount he might hedge, I think he'd do it in such a way that we probably wouldn't notice it until after the fact. Because he's good at this. <laughs> Somebody from the 415 says, no mention of KD? That's soft, Damon. Oh, yeah, we're going to have Steve Kerr fined $50,000 by the NBA for asking him about a trade with another player on another team. Well, we wouldn't get him fined because he wouldn't answer. Exactly. No, we didn't ask about any specific player to trade for. Notice that? Notice how and no one does in any interview with any coach? Because you're basically saying, I'm going to ask you a question that you, by league rules, cannot answer publicly. And also, that's a Myers question. It's far more than the coach because right? Kerr's not making those deals. And to that extent, if you're talking about a Kevin Durant deal, that's a lake-up question. Because he's the guy who'd have to sign off on all of it. Bob Myers gets asked an awful lot of questions on Steiny and Guru this week. He was, you know, asked straight up, what you got right now? Can you win with what you got right now? And Bob Myers said... I can't sit here and say that those eight and throw in somebody that can give you, even in the playoffs, somebody give you five minutes. Can't beat a team uh, in a series. I think we stack up good enough. That's assuming health. But you always want to add to your margin of error, Matt. You always want to... It's yeah. not a margin of error that I'm entirely comfortable with as it stands. Can you increase that margin of error? There was the years where the margin of error was so big that um, I could answer that question and say, no, we don't need to do anything. I'd probably lie and say, oh, you know. But the truth was we didn't need to do anything. Um, and those rosters bore out and those seasons bore out that way. Our margin of error is not what it was. The record is not what it was. So comparing to what I know about the teams we've had, I'd like to get a bigger margin of error. Can we do it? I don't know. It's it's pretty honest. I mean, it's it's it's, it's pretty honest. All the way down to the thing says, well, I'd probably lie. And because, frankly, this is the time of year when telling the truth does you the least amount of good. Well, I'm going to tell the truth on the Xfinity Mobile text line for someone who is very much rooting for the best case scenarios for the Warriors remaining 30 games. Again, we started tracking this with the remaining 35 games, saying that if they were to go what what was it, the number 19 and 16, that would get them to 42 and 40 as their overall record.
Somebody here from the 925 says, in their final 30 games, do you think 25 and 5 is possible? Win 5, lose 1, and then just do that 5 times? Hey, there were years, yeah, that was absolutely possible. But I do not expect the Warriors to be 20 games above 500 in their remaining 30 games when they have not played three games above 500 in any stretch of games through the first 50 whatever they've played here. I mean, they had no team has done that this year, by the way. Yeah, no, no team has been that good, and the Warriors are not about to just snap their fingers and be that good. No way. No no way. You do not... Although, I, here's the thing. The Boston Celtics sort of did last year, right? The Boston Celtics were a very no-big-whoop team to the All-Star break, and then they just went flame-on the rest of the way. But I don't think the Warriors even got that in them. No, I don't. I don't think anybody's got that in them. This is not that kind of a year. There have been years where and the Warriors have won, you know, high 60s. You know, the year they won, they won 73. Nobody's doing that this year. You know, the Celtics, you know, in all likelihood will probably, you know, win 62-63, and that'll be it. But, by the way, historically, that's a real fine total. Oh, no, it, it's it's a great total. But there have been years in the last decade where 63 gets you a three seed. This year it gets you a comfortable one. How about this? The Celtics were 25 and 25 last year. The yeah. Warriors are 26 and 26. So, yeah, go ahead. Flame on, burn the house down with a stretch of basketball that no one saw coming between now and the start of the playoffs. That'd be great. If that's available, I totally recommend doing it. Oh, no, it'd be a good idea. Yeah, but 26 and 6 is a. That's probably not in their capabilities at this point. Even if they were more consistent than they are because they are getting older and with with load management being what it is if you have an older team you've got to be more mindful of that as long as the schedule is as compressed as it is that's a reality and so you know every time there's a back-to-back you've got to hedge your bet somewhere and so that's why well it's one of the reasons why nobody's going to you know go 26 and 6 down the stretch just not that ain't, a hap- that ain't a happening thing. By the way, can I give you four quick NBA gambling notes that I was, while well, I was just poking around the internet, I found this today and I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if this is a reflection just based solely on their win last night, but as of this morning, the Denver Nuggets are the new Western Conference favorite to make the NBA Finals. So that is a reality coming out of last night's Denver Nuggets win. The Sacramento Kings are now... According to Las Vegas, the new Pacific Division favorite. Light the frickin' beam, Sacramento. How about that? Well, I mean, they've been better by a significant margin than the Clippers or Warriors, to be sure, or Phoenix. So, yeah, I'm I'm surprised it took that long. De'Aaron Fox might be the biggest uh, all-star game snub. Maybe. I, I thought he was... I, I considered himself... I considered him close to a mortal lock to make the team. The problem is, I don't know who you would have taken off. Because that's the trick. When you always say, that guy got screwed. Okay, well, who's the guy who screwed him who shouldn't be on there? And the team is pretty representative. You could say it's Zion just based on games played. You could, but I think Zion got voted in, did he not? He sure did. So there's nothing he can do about that. You can only... If you want to talk about snub, you can only take a guy off the coach's list. You can't take him off the fans' list. So the Kings are now your new Pacific Division favorites. Speaking of odds going up, and I don't know if this is tangentially, 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 thank you very much, related to the Kyrie Irving uh, trade demand, which would sort of blow up any grand designs that the Brooklyn Nets had for this year. Philadelphia has jumped from 20 to 1 to 11 to 1 to win the title. Um, and, and, or maybe the Philadelphia's just turned a corner. The Timberwolves have gone from 50 to 150 to 1 to 100 to 1 to win the title. Still very much a long shot. I wouldn't put a dime on, but they've had the kind of week where they've, you know, lost 50 points of doubt on their odds. 
Well, they went from ninth to sixth by I, winning last night. I so, guess that it would do it. But, you know, I mean, if you look at the West right now, the only team you could trust to get to the final was Denver. Memphis is too goofy, and you saw the thing that Dylan Brooks did last night. What a punk. He got suspended for that, by the way. One game? Two uh, games? Three games? I haven't seen what the number is, but one I saw game. that he it's got It's one game. Yeah. It is. Okay, good. You know, he deserved it. Oh, he yeah. absolutely deserved it. That was a straight-up cheap shot right to the to, 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 to the to the speed bag. And Donovan Mitchell. Truthfully, given his reputation for that, one game's not enough. I didn't think so either. If you want to stop stuff like that, you got to overpunish. And that's true in every sport, in every situation like that. The worst thing that happened to the Warriors last year, or in 16, was that they didn't suspend him when he did the thing to Stephen Adams, so that he didn't have to, so they didn't have to warn him again when he did it with LeBron. Although Draymond was never like a habitual nut shot, he wasn't tur- he wasn't trying to turkey tap the league. You could make the argument that Dylan Brooks is trying to like, if not turkey tap the league, actually go about hurting some guys. I mean, he is it, it, when Steve said that guy went against the code. He continues to do things that are against the code. And who would have ever thought that the luster of what the Memphis Grizzlies might be this year would begin to unravel in real time ever since they got yelled at by Shannon Sharp. (laughs) Look at their record since that whole Shannon Sharp, John Morant, Dylan Brooks nonsense that went down at that Lakers game. They've been awful since then. Bunch of young punks in their own head who think they're much better than they actually are. Actually, it predates that. Um, no, actually, it doesn't. You're right, as I look at it. No, yeah, the Lakers are the first game they lost, and now they've lost six of seven. Seven of eight. There you go. They're doomed. You always wish you... Uh, it, Ray, one of the plot points of the movie Back to the Future 2 is that Marty McFly went into the future and stole, or it didn't steal, but got a sports almanac and then brought those future results in that sports almanac back to modern times. He goes back to the future. No, but he, so that's, imagine if you knew the outcome of games and how much money you could make betting on games that had already been played and it, it's 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 part of, it's it's a fun time travel story is what I guess I'm trying to tell you what if you had known now what I'm about to tell you about Tom Brady throughout the entirety of his career how much money could you have made because if great coaches win or good coaches win but great coaches cover Tom Brady might be the greatest gambling quarterback ever built or assembled so all time he was 58 percent ray against the spread he was 213 157 and 11 against the spread all time again 58 percent is a winning margin that no tout service in the world could ever possibly offer you that's one of the if you went to vegas as a 58 percent gambler you could make a living as a professional gambler. Easily. So if you just knew that about Tom Brady, think of the money that you could have bet on him and made throughout his career. As an underdog, Ray, what do you think Tom Brady's winning percentage as an underdog is against the spread? Knowing that 58 is a number that is just free money. What do you think he is? As few games as he was an underdog in. He was a grand total of an underdog 64 times in 381 games. Yeah, so that's barely 20%. It's about 16%, yeah. Okay. Um, I'd say it's probably north of 70. Did you read this somewhere? No. As an underdog, Brady is 51 and 13 80%. 80% 80% 80% as the dog. So Tom Brady plus points equals we go in a White Castle yeah. every time. And this year, Tampa was the worst team in the league against the spread. How about that? So. Maybe it's officially time to hang it up then, and that's why he did it. I think that probably was it. Failure to cover. 
I love gambling notes, though. I had a few for you there, and I hope that you enjoyed them deeply, passionately, like the Valentine's Day. No, I I was about to say, like the Valentine's Day plans I'm making for us. You make all the plans you want. I will take the 14th off on your ass. No, 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 no. I need you right here. Well, don't threaten me with things. Uh, Hugging and kissing and loving. Isn't that a song? You keep singing and I will walk. We have one segment left today. We will absolutely make it worth your while. So stick around for that. We have quite a bit to get into still today. Dare I even suggest a scotch of Major League Baseball offered to you coming up next? Stick around and find out. Uh, Red and Gold Reaction brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. It's where your future begins. Visit sfsheriff.com and apply today. And of course, Damon and Ratto are brought to you by Bud Light. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Again, Red and Gold Reaction brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles, 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. All of our guests were good enough to join us today on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. It was easy to drink in and enjoy conversations with both Steve Kerr and Nick Friedel. If you missed any of it, you can find it all on YouTube, on the Odyssey app, and the usual places to find such a thing. Uh, real quick, Larry Taxi in Oakland. It's been a long time, Larry. Hello. I'm good, Damon. How you doing, man? It's been so long you've had another kid by now. <laughs> yeah, we actually had. That's true. I know. Congratulations. I, so listen, first of all, I just wanted to correct you. I'm sorry to correct the host, but it was Biff who brought the the sports almanac back. Right? Oh, that's right. That well, it was not actual Marty McFly. It was Biff, who, oh, I, Marty the protagonist. You're, you are correct. And, um, you know, like uh, anyway. I just wanted to say that uh, I'm I'm still getting over the Niners' nightmare 
And I hope Brock Purdy, um, you know, recovers from his... Uh, does he need Tommy John? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're going to go in there hoping that it doesn't require a full Tommy John and it's just like a partial fix, but they'll know when they actually get in there. Uh, it is... It's not, it's not the situation that sets up a smooth offseason, that's for sure. I've got one more Tom Brady note for you. And it's almost true. But it's good enough to be almost true. Okay, good. So we're, we're telling lies and gussing them up. I saw this today, that Tom Brady's retirement officially means that there is no longer a single professional athlete that was actually drafted by the Montreal Expos. I saw that the other day. Yeah, so he was the 507th pick, the 18th round of the 1995 draft. It didn't take much research, though, by Team Internet. To debunk that, though, there is one human being still playing professional baseball drafted by the Montreal Expos. 37-year-old pitcher Daryl Thomas is still humping away in the twin system somewhere he's in his 19th season of professional baseball he has made three major league starts so we're not going to probably see him but no he's crash davis yeah pretty much but uh well well crash at least was setting records i don't think there are many records for daryl thompson but there you go it it wasn't tom brady as the last player drafted by the montreal expos he was the last famous, recognizable player (laughs) drafted by the Montreal Expos, only because I got a little bit of baseball news for you. Whenever I can find a, ooh, that's a good Tony Gwynn stat, I like to pass it along just because I love Tony Gwynn. Ace of Spades, Ryan Spader said that uh, Pete Rose could return to baseball right now, go 750 for his next 750 and Tony Gwynn would still have a higher career batting average. Tony Gwynn, kids, look him up. He was good. Oh, he was tremendous. And he looked like the kind of guy who should have no chance. None. No chance at all. And uh, yet he not only was a phenomenal hitter, he was a very good defensive player, too. He was. He also had the one of the greatest chasms in what you think his voice would sound like. And then what his actual voice sounded like. Oh, yeah. He could he could make dogs hold their ears. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Gwynn. Oh, higher than that. Yeah, but I mean, but he was just, hi. He was just so, oh, gosh, jar, gee golly, Tony Gwynn. It was <laughs> nothing, no, no, no one has ever, ever looked like him, hit like him again. It won't ever, Pablo Sandoval, in terms of body type, but that's where it ends. That's where it, it absolutely ends right there. Um, by the way, as always, rest in peace, Tony Gwynn. We got to do a little rest in peace radio. There were two significant celebrity deaths over the week that we did not get to. All the way back on Monday, rest in peace, Bobby Hall. The Golden Jet, Ray, died at the age of 84, NHL and World Hockey Association, professional for 23 years, the first in NHL history to 50 goals. He led the NHL in scoring seven times, won a Stanley Cup in Chicago in the early 60s. He finished with 610 goals. His boy, Brett, 741, to become the highest scoring father-son tandem in NHL history. Both are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Brett's still with us, but Bobby no longer is about as significant player as hockey has ever had for a minute there. Yeah. um, Unlikable, uh, detestable, and many fronts. Oh, very many fronts. Uh, On the ice, maybe one of the three best players of his era, next to Gordie Howe and John Beliveau. Off the ice, dreadful. None of his children have spoken to him in years. Well, he was because he was awful. He was he was a wife beater. Yes, of I, all three of them, I believe. I believe it's at least two. Was it two? Okay. Well, yeah. three would also qualify for at least two. Oh, well, I'm just saying I don't know about the third, but I do know about two of them. Yeah, definitely two. Maybe there was one later in life. From the uh, talented yet a tragic uh, Bobby Hall passing. Rest in peace, Cindy Williams. Shamil Shamazel. Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated is how they started every single episode of Laverne and Shirley with a good old-fashioned 
Yiddish hopscotch song, which was a, uh, not not a lot of uh, half an hour sitcoms start that way anymore. It was a unique time. It was very Milwaukee. Uh, one of the great TV duos of all time, Laverne and Shirley. Shirley, Cindy Williams passed away. She was only 75. Ray, I know you're not a big TV guy. Any thoughts, feelings, or memories of Laverne and Shirley? I watched it for about half a year. Did you like Lenny and Squiggy? Uh, they were awful. Oh, they were funny. No, no, no. Funny. Funny. No, they were dreadful. Oh, they were funny. David uh, L. Lander was tedious. Michael know? McKean had a chance, but yeah. David L. Lander was a... The he was bad you know Jerry Lewis. Names. I'm very impressed. Well, I mean, I can read. Do you know the difference between a Shamil and a Shlomazel? No. The Shlemiel is the guy who spills his own bowl of soup. The Shamazel is the guy who gets the soup spilled on him. Okay, there you go. Little Yiddish on your way out on a Friday night. I hope you all uh, indeed enjoyed that. Uh, you know what we're going to actually talk about a little bit next week? The National League West. Prepare yourself. It's coming, whether you want it or not. All right, Rockies talk. Yeah, a lot of Rockies talk. Uh, we got opening days for all Major League Baseball teams happening on one day. First time race since 1968. 15 games, all 30 teams, one glorious day. The Yankees are going to open up with the San Francisco Giants. That'll start at 10.05 a.m. our time. The A's at night will have the Angels at the Coliseum, 7.07. I tell you that to tell you this. John Fisher apparently is looking at the Tropicana site in Vegas. Dave Cavill has registered as a lobbyist in Nevada. Do you care? I actually did a little research into that. And what I found is they went to Vegas to try to stir up interest. Interest was not extended to them up until now and probably won't be this time either and that's according to among others ed graney who has been covering this in las vegas for years they're uh, trying to stir up they're trying to stir up leverage that they have not yet had and so far the las vegas is far more interested in an nba expansion team than baseball no doubt Thank you so much for tuning in. This was a fun show today. Again, thanks to Nick Ferdell and Steve Kerr for joining us. Thank you very much, Grandy. Thank you, Lucas. Great job, everyone, all week. Ray, above average work. Keep it up. No and no. It wasn't above average, and that's the end of it. No, this is the end of it. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.